four things. You, I, I, I can share my notes with you, but I don't know. I have my notes on my phone. And then Brother Weber taught on six facts about faith. Six facts about faith. And between the two of them, just um, they are great ministers of the gospel. I know Brother Weber don't like for me to talk like this, and maybe his wife is the same way, but the Bible says give honor to whom honor is due. And um, because they committed their ways, let's say it like that, because they committed themselves to the, the things of God, Brother Weber was raised in the church, Sister Weber was raised in the church, and their whole life has been about the kingdom of God. And so, um, you know, for them to be where they are today, yes, it's the grace of God, it's the goodness of God, um, but they've made some sacrifices and commitment, and God used them as such, and they just minister so brilliantly and so eloquently and so powerfully when they speak. And so Saturday was a great day. Um, I'm going to have him to come. He's going to minister to us this morning. And then uh, at 5 p.m. today, we're going to travel to Tinton Falls, 1189 Hope Road. For those of you that can make it at 5 p.m. today, we're having a great, uh, we're, we're great expectation of what we believe God will do there. But let's not put the horse before or the, 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 the cart before the horse. We're still here this morning, and they're going to minister. And I believe God is going to speak to us. God is going to move. God is going to do some things in all of your heart, in all of your mind. I believe you're going to leave your change today because God has sent a man and a woman all the way from Lafayette, Louisiana, to come to New Jersey and minister to us. So I want you to stand with me this morning, and I want you to receive this man of God, Brother Daryl Weber, in Jesus' name. Now, that was pretty good for me, but can you do something better for Jesus? <laughs> Grab your Bibles as we're, we're just chatting here before we open up the Word. Luke chapter 21 is where we're going this morning, and I'll let you be looking for that. Amen. Luke chapter 21. It's great to be back with you, not just uh, from Thursday night, but from several years ago. And uh, I keep telling your pastor, man, you got to do something. You got a full house every Sunday. You can't. How, how can you believe God for growth when you can't even put another person in here? So, uh, but you know what? He's got a plan and a strategy. And there are some things working, I'm understanding, about this building and possibly just God's got the future. He's got the future. And uh, you ought to be thankful to have such a pastor and a pastor team that, uh, that has a vision for where we're heading. Because where there is no vision, people perish, the Bible says. I'm thankful for great men, women of God, like lead this church, like the Wyatts. And uh, their wonderful vision and their desire to see the kingdom advance. But the kingdom isn't a, a material thing. The kingdom is you. To see you advance. To see you blessed. To see the things in your life uh, fulfilled. To see your ministries fulfilled. Your hands will be on the, the things of God. And if they're not today, they will be. And you're going to see your God's going to use you mightily. For these are the last days. I'm so blessed also today to have the Louisiana District Women's Director with us. I, I'm so honored to have her with us today. 
Amen. Just to fly on a plane next to her and to drive in a car alongside her. Wow, what a privilege that is. And she thinks I'm being sarcastic, but I think about it. Nobody else has that privilege but me. Well, hallelujah. Amen. If your spouse is next to you, look at them and say, oh, my goodness. That's all I've got to say about that. This isn't a marriage retreat, but it is service today. And I give honor to all of the wonderful leaders here. Thank you, praise team, for the beautiful presence of God you led us into. Feel his presence so strongly. And to the saints of the Most High God today, I give you greetings. Luke chapter 21 is where we're looking. And to all of our guests, if we have guests here today, we're so glad you joined us in worship. And we're thankful for what God is going to do in your life and all of our lives here before we walk out in the next few moments. Luke chapter 21, verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Talking about the rapture. And when these things began to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. Let me tell you something. The rapture is not a gloomy day. The rapture is going to be a glorious day. It's going to be a day when every fight is going to be worth it. Every struggle, every war, everything that we have had to face and overcome is going to be worth it. Amen. I want to preach this morning, and I won't preach over two hours, I promise. I want to preach pray up, pack up, look up, we're going up. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Nudge your neighbor and say, oh my, it's going to be a good one this morning. <laughs> you may be seated in the presence of Almighty God. Pray up, pack up, look up, we're going up. Somebody shout that with me. Pray up, pack up, look up. I know some of us just think, Lord, if I could just make it till Sunday where I can feel the presence of God, where I can get in the midst of the people that worship your name. Oh, if I could just get to Sunday. But here comes Monday. Well, let me tell you, there's going to be a day where there's going to be no more Mondays or Tuesdays or Wednesdays or Thursdays or Fridays or Saturdays or Sundays. For one day is going to be like a thousand. Praise God. And we're going to celebrate, amen, together, amen, the name that is above every name for eternity long. Somebody look at you now. We do a lot of talking in Lafayette to each other while I'm preaching. We, so we're going to practice that in here today. Look at your neighbor and say, no more Monday. Praise God. I saw a smile come on somebody's face when you said that. Many may ask, Brother Weber, what difference does it make that I believe in the rapture or not? You know, this is the difference it makes. Hebrews 9.2 says... Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time. 
the message is, if you're not looking for Him, He's not coming for you. Remember that. For those who look for Him, will He appear the second time. If you're not looking for Him, then you know what? You're not going to go with Him. Luke 21, 36 says, Watch ye therefore and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape those things which are coming upon this earth. Will there be a rapture? Well, let's give you Bible evidence. I'm not so sure I'm interested in what men have to say. I'm not so sure I'm interested in what philosophers and scientists and uh, psychologists have to say about the matter. When it comes to the rapture, nobody knows but God. So let me go to His Word and let's see what the Bible evidence of the rapture is. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, Paul writes, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a... With a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Matthew twenty four thirty. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Acts one eleven records, Ye men of Galilee... Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Praise God. In other words, you've seen him go physically. You've seen him go visibly. You've seen him go literally. Amen. Therefore, he is coming back literally. He's coming back physically. And he's coming back visually. You are going to see him in the clouds of glory when he returns. You put these Bible pictures together and you have this concept. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Glory, very soon is going to appear in the clouds of heaven suddenly. In all of His glorious radiance. Matthew 24, 27 says, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, He's coming. Oh, yes, he is. Amen. I don't know if they were very convincing to you, so turn to your other neighbor and tell him, Oh, yes, he's coming. Oh, yes, he is. Ah, hallelujah. In meteorological science, when lightning flashes from east to west, now this is a a fact, that means that the storm is over. I assure you, When Jesus comes to earth again, I assure you, amen, when he enters from the east, praise God, the storms will be over for those who are raptured. No more fighting, no more fretting, no more trouble, no more worry, no more funeral homes, no more hospitals, no more counseling sessions. I don't know what you're looking forward to, 
But it's not in Monday. And it's not in Friday. Praise God. And I'm telling you, it's not wrapped up in Sunday. It's for that day when God is going to split the eastern skies. And He's going to put that foot on the Mount of Olives. Amen. And He's going to demand, amen, that I am here to receive my people. Amen. I'm trying to stir somebody up this morning. I'm not going to try to hide my intent. I want to stir somebody up to remember that he's on his way. Amen. He closes the, the whole Bible by saying, surely I come quickly. Jesus is going to appear in the clouds and the trump of God shall sound. Why a trumpet? Because in the Bible, the trumpet is used to announce royalty. And Jesus Christ is royalty. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. And then it says there's going to be the voice of the archangel. And it's going to summons the righteous dead from their graves. And the graves all over the earth are going to explode. And their occupants are going to begin to soar. I, I know this. I know this sounds sci-fi. I, I know you wouldn't watch this on the True Channel because it sounds a little off-beat. It sounds a little far-fetched that he is going to come back, and he's not going to be in an airplane, but he's going to be. It is own power and glory in the clouds. Do you know that marble mausoleums will topple as bodies of the resurrected saints of God begin to rise in the air to meet their great God? Do you know cars are going to be parked out here on Nottingham Way? And every street and highway around the world with motors that are still running because their occupants have sailed toward heaven looking for mansions on high. I know you've been thinking about the job and I know you've been thinking about the kids and I know you've been thinking about the bills and I know everything else is trying to distract us, but I want to bring us back to focus of why we're really serving God and why we're in the house today and why we're feeling a tug in our spirit that God is pulling us higher. He's getting us ready for an outcome, amen, that's going to last an eternity. I wish somebody look at your neighbor and say, are you hearing this? Families will be affected by the rapture. They're going to be eating now down south. Y'all have an evening meal up here. You call it dinner. We don't call it that down south. We call it supper. We're going to be eating supper. And suddenly the trumpet's going to sound. And those who are ready are going to rise from the supper table to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Where Christ Himself will welcome us there. Headlines are going to be screaming. I'm telling you what's going to happen. It's soon. It's fixing to happen. Headlines are going to be screaming. Millions missing without a trace. I hope none of you will be here to read those headlines when it happens. I've made up my mind. I'm not going to be here to read it. I'm not going to be here to hear the reports. I plan on making the rapture. I plan on making that journey 
I've put too much in this to give up now. Amen. There's too many prayers on me. There's too much work in me. There's too much redemption in me. Amen. To give up now. Television cameras. They're going to go into cemeteries around Hamilton and around the world. They're going to show graves that are ruptured. Ruptured tombs and empty homes and empty cars. And if you're not a Christian, don't you dare fly with a non-Christian or fly with a Christian pilot. Because he's going up and you're going down. The major news agencies of the world would do their best to gather groups together, philosophers and scientists. I can see them in their little uh, little glass tables. And I can see them with their little earpieces in. And all of their knowledge won't amount to a hill of beans. Many will talk about the invasion of spaceships. It's like we said. It's, it's Area 56 or whatever it is out there. I knew they were hiding all of that from us. Aliens have come back and they've gotten most of our people. You know, there's, there's going to be chaos. Mass hysteria. Can you imagine the phone lines are going to be jammed as millions are looking for family members who have suddenly disappeared? But I want to tell you something. AT&T ain't going to reach that far. You're going to be hearing, can you hear me now? No. Can you hear me now? No. Can you hear me now? Why? Because we're going beyond the reach of AT&T. Praise God. We're not just going to go down the road to a blessing at the church. We're going to go to a powerful reward of heaven. The glory of God is going to fill that place where there's no lighting. There's no light bulbs. There's no LED lights. But the glory of the Lord is the light thereof. And I can tell you. The greatest prayer meeting the world has ever known is going to happen the day after the church of the living God has gotten off of this earth. The church is going to be packed. This church, you talk about packed, they're just going to take the chairs out and stand like cordwood, shoulder to shoulder, chest to back, all the way into this building, waiting outside. People lined up as far as you can see. Saying, the Lord has come just like the pastor said he would. And some of you today may be looking at me like I'm crazy. But some of you do not believe that Jesus Christ is coming back. You might be living without God. You might be doing your own thing. And Jesus Christ is the last one that you want to see right now. But believe it or not, Jesus Christ is coming back. He is coming back. He's not in heaven saying, let's make a deal. Uh -uh. He's in heaven saying, this is the deal. I am king of kings and I'm the Lord of lords. Amen. And I'm returning on time. Amen. And I'm going to get my chosen church out of this earth. Neighbors are going to be standing in the streets. And they're going to be having conversations like this. I was standing here. Talking to Mr. Jones. And suddenly he started rising in the air. And he went over the house. And he went over the treetops. And he was gone. I tell you, I was watching him. He was gone, gone, 
gone. He vanished in the clouds right before my very eyes. And the news agency that's given that, taking that interview, the person that has the mic, they're going to pull the mic away real fast because there's no explanation for that. What is this earth-shattering event I'm preaching about? This earth-shattering event is the literal rapture of the church of born-again believers in Jesus Christ. It's going to happen. The Bible says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. We shall become like Him. So you need to pray up. You need to pack up. You need to... Hallelujah. Just beyond the clouds, the saints of God will be gathered home. The Bible says they will come from the north, the south, east, the west, and their numbers shall be 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. That's the Bible's way of saying this number is too large to count. The Bible says that God shall wipe away every tear and there shall be no more parting, no more suffering, no more pain, no more sorrow for the former things are passed away. There's no more death, no more disease, no more cancer, no more heart trouble. You instantly receive a robe of righteousness. John the Revelator said it's the righteous robe of the saints. When you do good, amen, you're determining the quality of your robe when you get to heaven. You'll receive one of five crowns. There's the crown of life. There's the crown of glory. There's the crown of righteousness. There's the soul winner's crown. And there's the martyr's crown. In heaven you'll be able to look at a man and you'll be able to know what he did with his life. And know just how well he did it. We're going to sit at a wedding feast prepared for the bride. It's the bride without spot or wrinkle. But don't get me wrong. It's not because we don't have spots and wrinkles. It's because His blood covers every spot and covers every wrinkle, covers every sin, covers every fallibility about us. Thank God for the blood. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to get that blood covering your life. If you haven't been filled with the Spirit of God, you need to get that blood flowing in your life. Because He's coming after a bride that is spotless, without wrinkle. I want you to hear this this morning. A bride without spot and wrinkle. The spots have been washed out by the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. You wonder why we sing so much about, Thank God for the blood. Oh, thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. It washes white. You wonder why we sing about the blood? It seems a little gory, but not this blood. This blood is my story. Hallelujah. This blood has picked me up, washed me off, cleansed my life, put me in a Lamb's book of life, wrote my name in a place, and one day it's going to be called and I will be with Him. <sighs> Praise God. Listen, do you hear that? 
It sounds like wedding music. Here comes the bride. Here comes the bride. I don't know all the words, but it goes, here comes the bride. You hear it? The marriage supper of the Lamb. And you're going to see some amazing things. You come here to a hundred or so people on Sunday. It's not going to stay like that. You're going to grow, multiply many times over if the rapture would just hold off. But when you step over there and your eyes are open, the Bible says it was a, a number that could not be numbered. And it sounded like Niagara Falls. It said like many waters as their worship. And you're going to sort of blend into the group, but God sees you as an individual. You're going to feel like He's looking right at you and hugging you, although there's millions and perhaps several billion people there. Because your reward is going to be worth it all. We sang that song, didn't we? It's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. Maybe you don't sing that song. It's going to be worth it all. Some beautiful, happy day. It's going to be worth every long mile. Every heartache and every smile. It's trial. It's going to be worth it all. Some beautiful, happy day. What a glorious day that will be when my Jesus I shall see when He takes me by the hand and leads me through that promised land. I wish somebody would rejoice for just a moment that your hope is not in this place, but your hope is in heaven. Your hope is in an eternal place of glory and blessing and power. Can I ask you a question? If you do not believe in the rapture as described in the Bible, where people rise to meet the Lord in the air like we have read today, how are you going to know when the real Jesus gets here? Obviously, you believe in Him. Here you are. So how are you going to know when the real Jesus shows up? How are you going to know it's really Him? Anybody can stand in the Mount of Olives in Israel. We stood there just a few weeks back. Right outside the eastern gate. Right where Jesus is going to put His foot when He returns. We stood there. You talk about the power of the Holy Ghost. Wow. We looked at the eastern gate right where He is going to return. And... Anybody could stand there and say, I'm Jesus. Anybody put a nice white robe on and grow some whiskers maybe? Get some, some loving eyes? You know, and say, I'm Jesus. I am the Christ. Anybody can have followers say, we crown him king of glory. Anybody can do that. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was walking down the streets of Houston years ago. And I saw two boys with these 
billboards on the back and the front of them. They were walking back and forth in front of a, a building, a, one of the skyscrapers in Houston. And I had to go look a little closer, and I look at the sign, and it says, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. I said, i got to go see about this. And so I went over there, and behind them, up against the, the building, was a man in a white robe sitting down with his legs crossed, a long beard, and they said, that's Jesus. And you're just sitting there. I wanted to go talk to him, but I said, why would I waste my time? Because Jesus is not going to wait for me to come to him. He is going to come to me. Have you ever seen the picture, the glorious picture by the famous painter that has the door and Jesus at the door knocking? You ever seen that? It's a very famous. Do you know that the, the door didn't come to him? He came to the door. In fact, Jesus makes it easy. He says, I am the door. He says, but this is a different door. This door comes to you. He's going to come to you and He will give you every opportunity to open your life to Him. That's not Jesus. I had to move on. Uh, big uh, uh, In the US, uh, U.S. News and World Report newspaper a few years back, they had a full-page ad. Jesus Christ, the Messiah is here. And I read about it and I said, no, it's not Him either. It's not going to work like that. You know, Jesus knew that there were going to be uh, fakes and there were going to be imposters. He knew that. And so he said in Matthew 24, 23, If any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So, Brother Weber, how will you be able to tell the real Jesus from all the, 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 the pretenders? Jesus knew that many pretenders would come. So he did something very powerful. God scripturally installed a fail-safe system that was so staggering with supernatural power, so earth-shattering that not even Satan himself could duplicate it, let alone duplicate this magnificent thing. This fail-safe thing is called the rapture. Satan has always tried to imitate whatever God has ever done. In the Old Testament, Moses walks in, stands before Pharaoh. Moses throws his rod on the ground and it becomes a serpent. Well, here come the magicians, Pharaoh's magicians. And they throw down their rods and they become serpents. That heavyweight supernatural power, that's, that's some stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. But Moses' snake devoured the other snakes. Amen. Which made a very big statement. The kingdom of God is greater than the prince of darkness. Then in the New Testament, the Antichrist imitates Jesus Christ. You find that in Revelation 6. The Antichrist rides out on a white horse. Why? Because in Revelation 19, he knows the word of God. Christ returns to the earth the second time mounted on a white horse, followed by the armies of heaven. 
He's constantly imitating Christ. The devil has always imitated what Christ has done. Amen. But there is something that hell will not be able to duplicate. The rapture. On the cross, Christ defeated death, hell, and the grave. And the rapture is Christ's total celebration over death, hell, and over the grave. The rapture is the ultimate humiliation of Satan. And that's why Satan hates the teaching and the preaching of the coming of the Lord and the rapture of the church. So how will I know when Jesus really is here? Not by what I read in the New York Times. Not by what some philosopher is saying. Not by some psychologist and some view of a scientist. But I will tell you just how you will know if it's the real Jesus. Because your body will begin to sail through the air in the twinkling of an eye and in a million miles a second. And you will rise past the Milky Way, past Mars, past Saturn, past North Star, past the gates of Pearl, and into the arms of Almighty God. There will be no mistake of who Jesus is when He returns because He will take you with Him. I will know Him when I stand before Him with all my brand new disease-proof body, all my painless body, praise God, with no more worries in my mind, when I can take my glasses off and see Him 2020, praise God, I will know that Jesus, amen, this is He. Right now, this is not a glorified, perfect body. Oh, no, I, I know my wife thinks it is. But it's not. After 50, your hair comes out. Your teeth come out. Your back goes out more often than you do. All the names in your little black book now belong to doctors. You get winded playing checkers. You sit in a rocking chair, but you can't get the thing going. Your knees buckle, but your pants won't. Welcome to senior, senior citizenship. Is there hope for my body? Yes. It's called the rapture. He has healed me many a time, but there may be some things that are left for His knee to meet in my life. But when I am raptured, there will be no more imperfect body. No more pain or discouragement or worries in my life. Praise God. I am going to get better in the twinkling of an eye. Woo! Those attacking the Bible are saying that the rapture is not literal. It's allegorical. Yeah, it's just a, it's, it's just has a, it's just symbolic. They're using the words that it's a myth. To excite people to believe in something. But that's an old trick of the devil. He started several centuries ago when men began to debate and change the word of God. But I tell you, the Bible is not a myth. 
The Bible is the absolute inerrant word of God. The Bible is the literal inspiring, everlasting, inerrant word of the living God. Jesus was literally born of a virgin in Bethlehem's major. Amen. He literally healed people. He literally had a miracle ministry. He literally died on a cross and he was buried literally in a borrowed grave. He literally rose from the dead on the third day. He literally is going to come back to this earth in the clouds with power and great glory. With every knee that will bow, they will literally bow. Every tongue is going to literally confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I am literally going to rise to meet Him in the air. I'm literally going to walk on streets. Amen. Of gold. I'm literally going to feel no more pain or sorrow. I'm literally going to have a robe of righteousness. I'm literally going to have a crown. Amen. Of life. We are literally going to live forever. Brothers and sisters, we're going somewhere. So you need to How many plan to be in that rapture? (laughs) Woo! Let me close today. The Bible clearly teaches us to live so that we are counted worthy to escape. Luke 21, 36. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy. Worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass. Hebrews 2, 3, how shall we escape escape if we neglect so great a salvation? The answer is there is no escape outside the redemption of the blood of Jesus Christ. I need to say this because you're in an area where there could be confusion. But the Word of God leaves nothing for confusion. The Bible says, for the Spirit of God is not the spirit of confusion. Okay? That's God's not the spirit of confusion. If you're confused, get to the word of God. It tells you the truth. Amen. Amen. You may be moral. You may be a church member. You may have a position in the church. You may have given to every charity there is out there. But if you have not repented of your sins, that says, God, I'm sorry for all my sins. I'm Please forgive me for everything in my life that I've done that is wrong. You, may, you, you, you don't need to spend all day naming each individual thing. Some of us would spend the whole month calling out the things that we've done in our past that we need forgiveness of. But we just say, God, all that stuff that is against you, I'm turning from that and I'm going to live for you. I'm moving towards you. That is repentance. Amen. You may have a position. You may have all the stuff. You may, you may be a good person. But if you've not repented and you've not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, not the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, which is Jesus Christ. If you've not been baptized in that wonderful name of Jesus and you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I'd be a skeptic because I need you to prove things to me. I'd be a skeptic if you told me I had to speak in another language I've never learned in college, didn't take the course in school, but I'm going to speak another language. Are you kidding me? That's the evidence that you have received the Holy Ghost. 
And the miracle of it is that you will speak a language you have not learned. And you may not even know and probably won't even know what you're saying when you speak it. But God knows because it's the language of heaven. Do you know that all of you are going to recognize what everybody says in heaven because there's one language? One language. And it's that language that you begin to speak when he fills you with his spirit. Praise God. And I would be the greatest skeptic if at not 10 years of age I was repenting of my sins. And when I lifted my hands and my head, amen, I had my Sunday school teacher praying for me and my my family around me. And all of a sudden my lips started quivering. I didn't know what that was. And all of a sudden I felt the presence of God. And then God began to flow through me and I began to speak in a heavenly language. We call it speaking in tongues. Amen. At the age of 10. So you've come to the wrong place if you want to diffuse amen what we believe in speaking in tongues amen you're going to have to go to some place where they haven't got it yet but you're too late for this place for this place is full of people right now that have received the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in that heavenly language I told him night before last I said hey you know what the Washington Post says listen this is the Washington Post not a Christian magazine or an article this is the Washington Post newspaper they said one out of every 12 people on earth have spoken in other tongues what you're seeing right now is the greatest outpouring of the spirit because the rapture is soon to come God is getting his people ready He's baptizing people in His name, filling them with His Spirit, covering their sins with His powerful forgiveness. Matthew 24 says, But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. God told Noah, go build an ark. God told Noah, to build that boat. Put the animals on the ark. God put Noah and his family on that ark and then shut that door. When you were on the ark with the animals and your family and God closes the door, you know the flood's coming. It may not be coming right now. It may not be raining now. But you know when you're getting on that ark and God has put all the animals there, it's about to happen. Noah didn't know the exact hour the flood would come, but he knew it was near. Jesus said to us, when you see the signs I've listed in my word, then you are the generation that's going to experience the rapture of the church. Lift up your head and rejoice, he said, for your redemption draweth nigh. Jesus is coming with all of his power and his glory. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. If you don't respond to God, And what he has done for you by repenting of your sins and asking him to forgive you of those sins. And getting baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission or the washing away of your sins. And getting filled with his spirit, which is evidenced by speaking in other tongues. The Bible says that you are lost forever. I didn't say that. But the Bible says that. Please bow your head right now and be honest with God. Would you do that? And please, please, please bow your head. Close your eyes. Don't look around. I don't want anybody to to feel pressure right now. But I just have a couple of questions and I, I want you to be honest. If the rapture should take place in the next 60 seconds, 
How many of you would say, Brother Weber, I'm, I'm not ready? There's unconfessed sin in my life and I'm not ready to meet the Lord. If that describes you, would you just slip your hand up right where you are? Thank you for being honest with God. Thank you. You may put your hands down. How many in this room could say, Pastor, there was a day when I served the Lord with all my heart, but my relationship with Jesus has become cold, and I know I'm not where I need to be, and I need to talk to the Lord today, and I need to come to this altar, and I need to reconsecrate my life to Christ. If that describes you, would you slip your hand up right now? Thank you for being honest with the Lord. Thank you. You can open your eyes. How many of you know that when we gather around the table in heaven for the marriage supper of the Lamb, it's going to be the greatest family reunion ever if your family is there. But if you don't know Jesus and if you've never repented of your sins and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name and you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, you may be moral, you may be good, but none of those things will save you. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can save you. Brother Weber, there's unconfessed sin in my life, and I don't want to be the the one who keeps my family from being together forever. And today I want to make sure I'm ready for that rapture, Brother Weber. As you begin to think about these things this morning, to me, there's some major things fixing to happen this afternoon. There's they got a meal planned for you and this celebration, and we've got things this afternoon and tonight. And all, But if you would reel in right now, reel in your faith and put it in God right now. Amen. Would you stand with me? I'm going to back this podium up. We're going to make a little bit more room. And I often do this uh, as a conglomerate or a group. But I, I was praying this morning before we got here. And this is what I felt the Holy Ghost wanted to do. The Holy Ghost says, I often have people that get lost in a crowd. And they don't seek me because they think they're lost in the crowd. But he said, I want people to exercise faith and then watch what I can do in their lives. Faith, I preached it yesterday, the first fact about faith is faith will make you uncomfortable. Faith will make you uncomfortable. Faith will ask you to do something that doesn't feel good in the flesh. Faith goes against everything you tell yourself in your material human body. But faith is the thing that God grabs a hold of. And the glory of God and the power of His Spirit began to flow when faith is exhibited. So, today, if you have raised your hand in this room, nobody here is going to judge you. I promise. But Because there's nobody in here that without the grace of God and the redemptive plan of God is going to make it in the rapture. None of us. All of us are living on the blood that's not ours. On the love that's not ours. Amen. On the grace and the mercy that's not ours. So we don't judge anybody. But we're asking, first of all, if you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you this morning, God's about to do something wondrous in your life. Would you please step to the front right now? I saw young men. I saw ladies. I saw men. Just step to the front right here. That's it. 
we're going to get gathered behind you, but I want you to be first uh, because you were honest with God and you lifted your hand and you said, God, I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm not going to be ashamed because I need to make this rapture. I need to make sure that I make it when that rapture comes. I need to make sure I'm ready. I need to make sure my life is right. I need to make sure my heart is right. And if I have not repented, if I have not been filled with the Spirit, I need to make sure these things are taken care of this morning because I need to walk out of this place knowing with assurance me and God are well. And when that trumpet sounds and it's about to sound, we're going to be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. So here's what we're going to do first. And now I'm going to ask everyone else if you just gather in as close as you can. In fact, uh, I want some of our prayer warriors, some of our saints of God, if you could just gather in right behind these that are standing here and place a hand on their shoulder. We're not going to shake them and we're not going to spit on them and cast dust on them. We're, We're going to pray together. And when we pray, the Holy Ghost is going to fall. But the first thing we're going to do is we're going to repent. Everybody in this room, everybody in this room is going to repent because you can't jump to the holiest of holies if you bypass bypass in the altar. The altar is the the first and most important part of that furniture in the tabernacle. You've got to repent first. When you repent, all of a sudden things begin to open up. God now can move in and begin to work in your life and begin to do things. He cannot forgive until somebody asks for it. Ask. And you shall receive. You have not because you're not asking, he says. That's all you've got to do. So the first thing we're going to do, all of us together, we're going to repent. Here's the way you repent. And I, I will, I'll be praying with you, but we repent by asking God to forgive us of things in our lives. Whatever it is, sometimes we're not even aware. Sometimes as a new convert or a new person coming to, the, to deciding to walk with the Lord, we won't really know that we're doing some things that are against the Word of God because we haven't read a whole lot of the Word of God. So we say, Lord, whatever it is that maybe I'm doing that doesn't please you, that's against your Word, that may be sin, Lord, I ask your forgiveness for those things. Things that I know are not right. Things that I've been involved in. Things that I, I need you to cover with your righteous blood. That's what we're going to start. Everybody in this room, young to, to elder, there's no old people in here. We just have elders uh, that are over the age of 50. All of us, let's repent right now. Would you lift your hands right now? In the name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. Forgive me of things in my life that are against your word. Forgive me of things that I'm unaware of, first of all, Lord, that I've, I have acted out or I have said or I have thought in my life that are not pleasing to you. I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me. I'm not going to go back there anymore, Lord. If you'll give me the strength, if you'll give me the the determination, if you will help me, Lord, and cover me with your strength and power, Lord, I'm not going back to that stuff. I'm turning from those things, Lord, and I'm walking toward you and I'm going to serve you. Lord, everything in my life right now, if there's things I know of that I've been doing and I've been doing them, Lord, knowing that they're not right, knowing that they're sinful, I pray right now, please forgive me, dear Jesus. Please forgive me right now. Cover me with your forgiving power. Let your powerful forgiveness flow from the top of my head to the soles of my feet over all of my life. Cover me today, God. Everything that I'm assured of, everything that I don't know, 
Everything that I'm aware of, everything that I've, every act that I've done, that I've acted out, forgive me. That's not right. That's not well. That's sinful. Forgive me. Everything that I've said, every word that left my mouth, that's not right. Lord, anything that would be counter, counteractive to the Word of God. Everything that You, Lord, are displeased with in the way I say it or what words come from my mouth, forgive me. Every thought that's entered my mind that I sat there and I thought about it and I worked it out in my mind and I saw it in my mind. Please, Lord, forgive me if these were thoughts that were not not induced to the Word of God, that were not the things that You want me to think about, that were sinful thoughts. Forgive me of those thoughts today, God. Forgive me. Cleanse my heart, my mind, and my soul. Would you say that with me? Cleanse my heart my mind, and my soul. Say it again. Cleanse my heart, my mind, and my soul. That's, that's the three areas of your life. Cleanse it today, God. Forgive me. Would you say that with me? Forgive me, Jesus. I repent of my sins. I repent of my actions. I repent of wrong thoughts. I repent of wrong deeds. I repent of wrong words in Jesus' name. Now, you know what the Bible says? It says that you, if you were faithful to ask he forgiveness, He's just and faithful to forgive you of all your sins. You, you don't have to hear thunder. You don't have to see lightning flash. You don't have to hear an angelic choir sing to know that He's forgiven you. If you did it, He's giving you His Word that says, It's finished. I forgave you. You're standing here forgiven today. Forgiven. That's a powerful thing. Forgiven by God. Now, here's what's about to happen. We're about to lift our hands. And we're going to lift our heads. And we're going to let our voice out. Doesn't have to be screaming. Or if you want to be loud, that's fine. No big deal. But you've got to let your voice out. And I want you to begin to magnify God. Begin to say words that you feel in your heart to say to Him. I praise you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. And what's going to happen? The Holy Ghost is going to fall upon this audience this morning because He promised it would. He said, if you repent, He said, I'm going to fill you with my Spirit. Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Whether it's the first time you've ever received it or the tenth or the fiftieth time, it matters not. He said you would receive His Spirit. Get a renewing, get a refreshing, or for the first time, God is going to fill you with His Spirit. And let me explain. Somebody may never have been filled with the Spirit before and you don't know what to expect. Let me tell you what to expect. As your head is up and your hands are up and you're letting words of worship and praise come from your lips, all of a sudden you're going to feel something deep in your soul just feel like you want to praise God and just how good He is. And in your mind, God will plant thoughts of words that you do not know. They're going to be there. You're going to be speaking English and He's going to plant words that you do not know in your mind. And it's up to you. He will not force you to receive the Spirit of God. He will not force you to speak in that heavenly language. But you will begin to, by faith, take those words and replace your English or your, your whatever language you usually speak. Replace it with that. And those words are going to come out of your mouth. Nobody's going to teach you how to do that. Nobody's going to teach you what they are. It can't be taught. 
But I'm telling you what to expect. Amen. Some of you might have lips that began to shake. Amen. Oh, Isaiah, I mean, uh, Joel talked about that in the Old Testament. With stammering lips and another tongue shall I speak to my people. It was a prophecy talking about this day when we would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Stammering lips. That means a lip that begins to shake. If right then you will speak those words out that God places in your mind. Speak them out. The Holy Ghost will begin to flow. Amen. Uh, 50,000 people documented a day are receiving the Holy Ghost for the very first time. Did you know Pentecostalism now is the fastest growing religious movement on earth? It has passed up the Catholic religion. It's passed up the Baptist. It's passed up the Muslim faith. Amen. Because God said in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Ladies and gentlemen, you're looking at a recipient, praise God, of the Holy Ghost. You're amongst people in this room that have been filled with the Spirit of God. So right now, amen, would you lift your hands? Would you lift your head? Don't put your head down, but lift your head up. And I want you to let your voice out. That's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you're a saint of God, let those spirit, let the Spirit of God flow through you. Let tongues begin to flow through you. Somebody needs to pray in tongues. Somebody needs to speak in that heavenly language. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Come on, you're going to have to let your voice out. Come on, let your voice out. God's going to fill you right now. The Spirit is filling you right now. It's going to overflow in that spiritual heavenly language. I already hear it. I already hear it. I already hear it. People are breaking through. I already hear it. Come on, there's another one. There's another one. Praise God. That's it. Come on, obey the Holy Ghost and speak that out. He's putting it in your mind. You may not understand it, but you've got to speak it out by faith. And God will begin to flow through you. Yes, that's it. That's it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I love you, Father. I praise you. I praise you. Yes, yes, yes.
Come on, if you would yield to the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, if you would yield to the Holy Ghost right now. When I say yield, that means you need to open up your mouth. You need to let that voice out. You need to go ahead and obey the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is wanting to speak that heavenly language through your life. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Come on, don't give up. Come on. Come on, push forward just a little bit farther in the name of Jesus. Come on, the Holy Ghost is evident in this place. The Spirit of God right now is moving through this house. Come on, He's looking for somebody's yielding faith in the name of Jesus. that redemption power. Fill me with that resurrection power. Fill me with that rapture power. Yes, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. One more time, lift your hands. I feel a wave coming back over this congregation. Come on, I feel a wave of the Holy Ghost coming back through this place. 
Come on, I see teenagers speaking in tongues. Come on, I see young ladies, men speaking in tongues in this house. Come on, that's it. Here's a wave of the Holy Ghost. Here it comes. Here it comes. That's your. That's it. That's it. Here it comes. Yes. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Some of you are so close. You're an inch away. You're just right there. Come on, that's it. If you will let your voice out, that's it. Come on. Oh, it's going to be worth it all. Come on, every prayer prayed. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Every faith I can muster up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Oh, worthy, wonderful Lord. Powerful Savior, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Miraculous God, marvelous Savior. That's Him. Yes, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 